Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Big Week in Gaming podcast. And what do you know, it has truly been a big week in gaming. I'm Intergop for episode 48 on Sunday, the 13th of June, 2021. As always, I'm joined by the official P3 nominated and approved Xbox Hall of Famer and number one challenger to the mantle of the greatest Xbox RPG player in the world, Swinny. I'm about to fall asleep. (laughs) And the game-loving, grind-hating, pretend-to-quick-coffee-drinking-but-continues-to-drink-coffee gamer, anti-gamer, and slightly, ever so slightly, interrupter-in-chief Mike. Hello, I didn't interrupt that time, and I'm (laughs) having a hot chocolate. With a little bit of coffee in it. (laughs) In this week's show, Elden Ring, finally, we have a trailer, we have some news uh, from E3 and Summer Games Fest. The latest Battlefield game is finally revealed, and da, 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 our impressions da. of Ratchet and Clank and Game Builder Garage. As always, if you want to check us out, look at us at Big Wig Pod on your social feeds. Uh, and oh, we've got a quick plug. So we're going to do our first live stream of reactions. So number one, the Xbox Plus Bethesda uh, E3 live stream, and the Nintendo Direct live stream for E3. So, yes, big effort from us. Join us. Waking up at 3 a.m. and 2 a.m. our time locally. What is it in America? It's like 9 a.m. or something like that. Or, no, it's like in the middle of the day. It's a fantastic time to... Yeah, you could just watch it. from at work. It's brilliant. But before we get into this monolith of an episode, it's going to be mammoth. Swinny, you have a correction? Yes, uh, it's a correction. I didn't want to put the details in the run sheet because... Because uh, you didn't want to... Last people early. I don't know. No, it's the it's the most unfortunate type of correction. It's the correction where I have to say I said something wrong and Intergot said something right. They're the <laughs> so, worst corrections. Uh, when we were talking about Smash Brothers reveals, character reveals for Smash Four, uh, I corrected incorrectly that uh, Intergot said that Bayonetta was the last DLC character. So, deals, uh, Bayonetta and Corrin were announced in the same direct and they were released on the same day. But because Bayonetta's trailer was at the end of the direct, Money. Into, God, into God is the winner. The, Money. The, I, and I was so confident <laughs> in that correction. I was so confident in that correction. And when I looked it up, I'm like, oh, God. Damn it. By the way, there was money flying on the screen if you're was, listening to this and you're not seeing it. <laughs> I was on the money. I was on the money. This this is truly a blessed day. We have some great announcements and Swinney is wrong again. This is you're, you're, You've been wrong a few times in the last few weeks, Swinney. Well, I'm the only one that tends to listen back to everything we say, <laughs> so I've... Yeah. I'm, I, and I'm always wrong, well, so. I feel that I am comfortable enough to call it out when I am wrong. Hmm. Or oh, barely, barely. You didn't. You didn't uh, admit to your defeat on that uh, baseball game a few weeks ago when you called let's, it like what did you call it one point zero 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 or something like that? Let's baseball not talk game? about that. Let's move on. Okay, it's very busy. Busy. busy week. <laughs> yes. Let's get on with it. So updates. Uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order is now available with the PS Five and Xbox Series X versions. Free upgrade for last you gen. You got to play it. You got to grab it. You got to play it. It's really good. And with Final Fantasy VII Remake Integrade, that is now out, uh, the the upgrade. So the way it works is it's really confusing. If you have bought the game, you get a free upgrade to uh, the PS5 version. If you have got it through PS Plus, you cannot upgrade it. If you are from the PS4 version, you can then, and you've bought it, you can upgrade to the PS5 version and you can buy the Eufy DLC. I think it's called Intermission. 
and it's like about 20 bucks US. Uh, and then that's equivalent to the PS5 version. So you can actually right now still buy a cheap copy of Final Fantasy VII for PS4, get the free update, and then buy the DLC. And it's far cheaper than buying the PS5 version, which has everything included. Way cheaper. Tell yeah. us how much it is. Well, Are we going to wait for the bargain yeah, bin? Yeah, we'll wait for the bargain bin. We'll okay, wait for the money, let's, the let's, money segment. In about three hours from show. now. we got to give people something to look forward <laughs> exactly. to. Exactly. A yeah. teaser. A teaser. <laughs> a little teaser. Uh, so, yeah, we're well in the depths of Summer Games Fest slash E3. Uh, Xbox and Bethesda is going to be tonight our time. And Square Enix, lots of announcements are coming through. Do we want to do a quick roundup on on uh, what we've been playing, Swinny? Yeah, so I wrapped up Citizens of Space. You know, as I said last week, meh, I'm not not a big fan. Got a bit better. Once again, neat ideas, rough execution. Just don't try to do too much. Uh, the only other game I've been playing this week, but I played quite a bit of it, was actually Borderlands 2. Uh, so I saw have- you playing that, by the way. Well, and I kept, uh, you know, annoying you guys by just constantly saying how I was still farming the same thing for hours and hours and hours. But basically, I had the final DLC to wrap up. Ah, I was going to say, why are you playing that again? Yeah, Commander Lilith and the Fight for Sanctuary. So that Mm -hmm. DLC was announced at the same event that Borderlands 3 was, Mm. um, and which means it was announced seven years after Borderlands 2 actually came out. Wow. Wow. Um, But it was only available for the uh, PC and Handsome Collection versions. Uh, And the DLC was free for a month, and it's actually a pretty good little DLC. Nothing too special. Um, Borderlands DLC is actually generally very fantastic. But this was kind of a free thing um, that they eventually did charge for. So, um, uh, But, yeah, my gear was pretty crappy, so I farmed a lot to get stuff uh, good enough to kill the raid boss in that Hatterax the Invincible. So that's uh, that's been my week of games. How about you, Mikey? Very cool. Uh, not a lot this week. So obviously Game Builder Garage, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Dabbled in it yesterday because it just came out. And just a little bit of trying. And contrary to what Swinney and what seems to be the popular opinion on the internet, I actually like number three more than number two. That was not my opinion. I was just stating the internet. That. And yeah. by the way, the internet's opinion and Swinney's opinion may be one of the most divergent opinions. <laughs> like Usually is, yeah. yeah. I've never no, played, I, I I've never played a single Trine game, so I was just... Ooh, the deve- I just stated really the developers publicly apologised for it. That's so. weird. I don't know why. I wonder why. I'm going to look into it. In any case, I, I seem to be enjoying number three more than number two. I like you talk about you want to look into it. It's almost like Mike's investigations. It could be a new segment. Dun, 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 Mike's dun, deep dive. Dun, dun. Uh, for me, so yes, I've been playing. Wait, uh, no one asked you what you've been playing. That's okay. What have you been playing? Game Builder Garage as well. So okay. we'll cover that later. Ratchet and Clank. So I don't know, about 20% the way through that game. Picross as always. And then I actually uh, got and played Virtual Fighter Five Ultimate Showdown. So that was part of the PS5 Plus free games. Yeah. Uh, yeah, look, that's actually a really cool game. Like I, I usually play more like the Street Fighters and the Smash Brother type fighting games, but those those three D style ones, like almost like Tekken as well. I'm really keen to pick one of them up, but I do find I need someone to play against. And because you know we have console wars on this show, like I'm a, a PlayStation boy, Swinny's a Xbox boy. I don't think there's any cross play on these types of games, so and I just kind of fighting games. It's not so even out on Xbox. So. No, that game's not. But Tekken is Tekken. I thought Tekken Seven's out on both platforms. Yeah, yeah. But there's no cross play, right? Mm, no. Yeah. So it sucks. I hate that kind of stuff. Yeah. So that's where I've been playing. I'll cover some of the other stuff uh, later in the impressions. 
Nice. All right. Well, why don't we jump into our first headliner? Battlefield 2042 has been da, da, revealed. Da, 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 da. In a, like I thought, a very, very cool trailer. So it's coming out on the 22nd of October 2021 for PC, last gen, this gen, not for Switch, obviously. Uh, and it's following up from Battlefield 5, uh, which was from 2018. Now, you guys are way more familiar with Battlefield. What do you think of the setting, the trailer, and are you going to dive into this game, you reckon? Well, I'm definitely keen um, as a lapsed Battlefield mm. fan. You know, mm. we I remember playing the original 1942 or whatever it was. Um, it, like at a, was it our friend's place, Mike? We were doing like LAN parties mm-hmm. and stuff with that. Yeah. That was really, really cool. Didn't we um, get copies from Domino's or something or Pizza Hut? I'm not sure, but yeah, I just we remember. Did. What do you they mean? did. They were giving out free games. Yeah. I still have the discs. I just, <laughs> yeah, with every, I just, every pizza. Awesome. I just remember, even though there was only a small group of us, like it was just a cla- like just fun to mess around a Wake Island in the original. Mm. And then when you know, I was to skip forward a few games. Battlefield Three to me was a phenomenon. Um, mm. When that game came out, it kind of really, really turned the tides. Um, and I just I played that game so much. We all played it so yeah. much. Um, and I lapsed after that. I wasn't, I didn't get big into Battlefield 4. I wasn't a fan of the maps, even though it was very similar to Battlefield 3 in many ways. And I essentially didn't try uh, Battlefield 1 or Battlefield uh, V or 5 or whatever. Um, so I'm keen to get into this. I think the setting looks really, really cool. I'm very interested to see gameplay, even though obviously you can make an assumption what it's going to look and play like. I just want to see what, how it looks, basically. Yeah, and, and yeah, we, we're going to have the gameplay reveal at the the show tonight, actually, that we'll be uh, live reacting to. But I actually love that they've gone into the future. I'm kind of sick of World War One, World War Two, kind of like almost anything prior. Um, I think if they did like Iraq or Afghanistan, that'd be interesting to me, but I could understand why they wouldn't because it's a hot-button political issue. So I'm so glad that they've placed it into the future and also it feels very campy in a good way to me i don't know if it feels like that to you guys campy oh super campy like the the trailer is ridiculous like it's all i love it's all the only in battlefield moments like the ejecting (laughs) out of a a plane to then (laughs) rpg another plane like these are real stuff the clips that people made and it's it became like this thing that sh- across the community but you mentioned like iraq and stuff like battlefield 3 was pretty close to obviously not in exact setting but i mean the was well, set in the modern time so yeah like it was Middle basically East, yeah. it was Some like the stuff, yeah. the the equivalent of what you'd think of yeah. a like a modern combat but hmm. i mean this is not the first time the series has gone into the future i mean they had 2142 which mm-hmm. was a bit divisive at the time um but this is obviously not that far-fetched the near yeah. future um, yeah. yeah so it looks cool i mean it looked like what the f-22 raptor or something or a similar kind of plane i don't know if it was the actual f-22 in that trailer the one where he jumped out and RPG'd the other. The one that's showing on the screen right now, yeah, that one. Are you expecting me and to say yes or no on that one? I don't know. Anyway, so yeah, that, that look, that's, that's a you know current plane. Um, yeah, look, echoing exactly the same thoughts as you, Swinney. I remember fondly playing it and I remember having that land party and how cool that was uh, with Wake Island. And I remember playing with... with I'm going to do a shout-out to our friend Lee... 
the Abio, who I played quite a bit of Battlefield with, were squad mates, always owning the maps. It was really good. <laughs> but yeah, likewise, I kind of stopped at 5 and 1. Um, not because they weren't good games or anything. I just had other things, unfortunately, that, that got in the way of being able to do that. But I am looking forward to this one. I think it looks really fun. Um, the, hmm? No, I was just going to, there was a couple of things I wanted to mention, but if you want to just finish off. No, I was just going to quickly say what I found really interesting is that, first of all, there's no single player campaign. I actually enjoyed the single player campaigns. They were pretty epic. Some of the stuff was really cool. And no battle royale mode, which is fascinating because at the very start of the trailer, you see all the people parachuting down. That looks like a typical battle royale parachuting scene. So it's quite interesting that they said there's not going to be any of that. And I think it, I, I don't know, did it not work very well with COD? Were people not happy with it? I thought Warzone no, that's huge, was dude. pretty huge. Exactly. Yeah, so I'm I, surprised they, they haven't done I that. Or, the reason, well, the reason is because they have done that. They did Firestorm and right. that didn't set the world on fire, <laughs> which is not a pun, yeah. by the way. Um, yeah, so I, I think they just wanted to differentiate themselves a bit from, from COD and focus on other stuff. But the stuff I want to call out before we potentially move on, I don't know um, if you've got much more to say, but is obviously they're really focusing on uh, the weather elements in this, mm-hmm. um, which could potentially just be related to certain modes. So they've got a mode called Hazard Zone. Um, Battlefield's always been really cool when it has included elements that um, essentially changes the level. So I can't remember the exact map, but Battlefield 4 had a map where you could essentially flood the entire um, map. And it just completely changes, obviously, the terrain and everything and the options there. So that's really cool. The thing that I'm not sold on, um, but we'll see how it plays out, was the fact that they're going to this specialist system. So rather than having the classic Battlefield class system, they're essentially going closer to, um, you know, like almost like hero classes in a way. um, And I think COD's done this before as well, where it's like specialist characters, uh, siege, like operators. Operators, yeah. uh, Sounds like Rainbow Six. Yeah, that have have munitions, abilities and traits and stuff, which is not too far removed from the class system. But we'll see see whether or not that... I think that's been the biggest sore point for most people around this reveal, but um, it could be for the better. We don't know. Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing yeah, for me yes. that I want to know about, and I hope they reveal it tonight, is what are they doing with cross-play, cross-platform, um, you know, how that's all going to work? Because it's quite interesting that they're saying that on current-gen consoles and PC, they're going to have 128-player matches, but on Crazy. older consoles, it's going to be 64. So I, I kind of wonder, are we going to get a scenario where... There's cross because typically you do not want to mix PC and console players because you've got keyboard and mouse, which is the superior control method versus controllers. You don't want to mix those teams together because that's unfair. Like the PC players are obviously better. Um, Are we going to get a scenario where it's going to be broken down like this? PC, Xbox Series X and PS5 in one shared cross-platform universe and then old gen so like ps4 and xbox one x on the cross platform you know what i mean it's almost like there's three buckets because how else could it work if it's 64 players on old gen yeah that makes sense to me um the only other thing is i mean there's going to be modes where 
the they aren't going to have 128 um, sure. players. Yeah, they sure. do that all the time. They add like modes that are smaller groups, things like that. So you have potential to potentially do cross-play with that stuff. Potential to potentially. There we go. That's it, it just great, be interesting great use of English there. If it's like you can cross-play with Xbox people but not friends who are on PlayStation 4 who can't buy a PS- PS5. Like that would be a weird situation if that does occur. But yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I, I think that's going to be really critical for me because... I feel like this game to me is not that interesting if I'm not playing with you guys. But if you guys mm. jump on it and I could play, and it, even if it means I have to get it on PS5 rather than PC because you guys have got it on Xbox, I'll probably end up doing that. Um, but yeah, I, I'm really interested in, in where that lands. Mm-hmm. All right. So the big one, boys Elden Ring. Oh my so, God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, yeah. So there was an epic new trailer and release date. Thank God. Uh, that was released, and we have more and details. Thank God it's next year. <laughs> well, you know, so just some context for the show. Wow. Swinney and I both had this as our number one anticipated game for this year. I think the fact that it's coming out on the 21st of Jan 2021, you know, we were off, but like not by far, it's 21 days. So it was in that it was in that realistic universe that it could have been released this year. I'm sure they yeah. would have wanted it to be released this year, even if it was in December, just for the Christmas sales, but... Yeah. yeah, but let it incubate. Let it. And look, I, I speak from a very selfish perspective, which is I've made myself that stupid thing where I can't buy any more games for the remainder of the year. Oh, yeah, I know yeah. I'm on a gaming podcast <laughs> and I'm not doing that. But, dear <laughs> listeners, I have a massive backlog that I'll be able to play, so don't worry, I'm fine. So, because of that, for purely selfish reasons, thank God it's coming next year. I don't have to worry about it because this would have probably this would have this would have broken my whole thing. I love how no selfish doubt. you are that you. Are- yeah, Happy everyone that else everyone else, fuck them. They can play the <laughs> no, fucking game next year. True. That's not true. Look, it, <laughs> I wish I it came it. earlier for everyone. Uh, but hey, at least, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that means more time in the incubator, more time in the oven, more time to polish it and, and make sure everything's really good. Mm. And some of the other details are that it's coming to like simultaneously, which is awesome. PC, PS4, PS5, Xbox One and Xbox Series X and S on the 21st of Jan. I have to say, boys, I don't know about you. Like I, this is only the second time I've watched the trailer. Mm-hmm. I almost like don't really want to know much more about this game now that it's I like, yeah. here's the day, you know, I'm almost not trying to dive into it too much and like understand and pick things apart and sort of, you know, really try to get my head around how it's all going to work. How about you, Swinny? I do not want to know anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so you're on the same page. Yeah. On I, the other hand, this, I'm an idiot and I watched uh, Yeah, so for but. anybody that has only seen this trailer when it showed during Summer Games Fest but is interested in Elden Ring, I really recommend going and watching uh, the the proper version on the Bandai Namco channel because it's just it looks a lot crisper. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so it's just I think it's a much better representation of what the game looks like visually. Um, so just check it out there a second time. Uh, I think that it really you can see a lot more details and and in the visuals and everything. So yeah, this look this is awesome. Um, we kind of we knew it was going to happen at some point during this weekend, and it makes sense that uh that it's Keely, you know, that's kind of uh you know he's had so much pressure. It's ridiculous the gaming community's relationship with bloody Jeff Keely. I feel sorry for him sometimes. Um, they're like <laughs> putting him in prison because he hasn't you know 
released the uh, Elden Ring trailer or whatever. But yeah, look, this obviously looks fantastic. I, as I said, like don't want to know, don't want to know much more. Um, but they did show off quite a bit, which is great. Yeah, let's let's talk about some of the some of the features. Well, well just before because you just mentioned Keely, sorry, Mike, and I'll go back to you. Yeah. But I feel like Jeff Keely has put his big fat veiny aubergine straight on the table to E three and just going, look, boys. We've got Elden Ring. Like, what do you guys have? I, I like. I think that's a huge coup for Jeff Keighley. <laughs> and I actually feel a bit bad for him because even in, you know, enthusiasts, let's just say, like we're enthusiasts, right? We're not media. You, like even in the enthusiast circle, people are describing this as part of like E3. I'm like, dude, this is like his little summer games fest. Like give the guy some credit, mm. you know. it's well, you still can't, I think that people still associate him with E3 a little bit. Sure, but it's, but it's really weird because you watch Ubisoft Ubisoft forward, and then the stream ends with Jeff Keighley straight there, and that was an E three stream. <laughs> so he's kind of like interwoven into mm. even the official stuff. Cannot escape. It, look, it is a bit of a mess. Let's be real. Like I feel like even if you go to the E three site, it doesn't have like links to go here. This is where to watch it. These are the exact links. Because I hate getting spoilers. Like, if you jump on YouTube or something and it's like, here's all the spoilers for all these games that are coming out. And I'm like, no, no, I want to watch the actual sort of, like, stream again, like the VOD for it. So, but yeah, Mike. But even this, I feel like too I don't know. I, I almost regret watching this. And I was, I did the dumbest thing as well where I was pausing certain bits. <laughs> like, thinking, I regret watching it, but I pause and analyze. This. Hmm. Well, this is interesting. Oh, that's not really a horse. It looks like a goat horse. A horsey goat. I don't know what it is. It's not really a proper horse. Like little details like that, I was pausing and I kind of regret I did that because I'm hoping by Jan I would have forgotten everything. The only thing I remember is there's a boss with a hand or something and I'm sure I'll forget that too. So it's look, it looks really fascinating. The game, it's open really world. Cool. It looks like a bit different the way the multiplayer is being handled. Not sure. I don't know. I'm I'm super fascinated by it, but yeah, like I, I think we're all on the same page that we sort of don't really want to know too much more. We just want to discover it no, when it comes out. Can we can we talk a bit about the features? Just yeah, yeah go. So yeah. you know, the trailer showed off a ton of the story, gameplay, um, mechanics, the characters, locations, enemies, bosses, and in terms of features, like I said, it showed off an open world um, horseback traversal. Uh, that didn't really look like a proper horse to me. It looked like a, a horse with sort of like goat head features. You keep saying that. Sort. Yeah, you've li- it feels like you're well, on repeat. <laughs> like, I'm going to keep telling people that. Go that. check it out. It's really weird. Um, you're able to create your own character, obviously. I mean, it is it is, it is a... <laughs> no, well, that's not obvious, though. From, well, I from would the, say... No, let me finish. From the early trailers, there was no indication that, and Sekiro did not have that, so it's important well, that that's a, we that's know That's a fair that. point. That's a fair point. That is a very fair point. But one thing about it as well is that you can you could see a whole range of different armors. So I think Fashion Souls is coming back. Again, unlike Sekiro, where you had a single weapon, you had a single outfit, basically, for the entire game. In this one, clearly, it's gone back to the roots of just having a whole array of different weapons, abilities. They showed uh, mage builds as well, which is really cool. Uh, lots of cool little armors and, yeah. Look look really, really cool. And uh, I've been told it features dynamic weather uh, with night, day, and moon cycles, and that's going to be really interesting. Yeah, so that information came out in a press release, so that wasn't in the trailer, but it was clarified after the fact. So Very cool. And because it is, you know, 
it looks like a, a bit of an open world experience. I don't know to what extent the whole world will be open. I'm really keen to to figure out how that's going to uh, look once the game comes out. But it features grassy plains, suffocating swamps, spiraling mountains, and of course, castles. And one of them looked like the castle in the Valley... Oh, my gosh, I forget how you pronounce it. Swinney helped me out here. The Valley of the Bori... The really cool castle in Dark Souls 3. Yeah, I know the one you're talking about. You know the yeah. one? I yeah, can't. Yeah. Are you guys really from fans? <laughs> Clearly not. Um, the error... Uh, my my brain really... I'm too excited about this it's game. It's like Borealis, Borealis or something like that. Just, 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 just on that. Like, I, very similar, yeah. I... Uh, I've seen a few comments where people go, "Ah, oh, looks like an open world Dark Souls 4. I'm just like, yeah, great. That sounds awesome. What are you talking exactly about? Like, what any, it like, looks like it. That's anybody, what I want. Anybody saying, oh, it just looks like Dark Souls is like, well, fuck you. Yeah, of course it does. What do you expect? I just think it's so That's weird, exactly though. That's exactly what I expect. That's what like, I want. Something, something is weird in gaming where people kind of want something like uh, like insanely different. It's like sometimes I just want more of the same. It's like where people go, hmm. Mario Odyssey, oh, my God, it's just like Mario 64 2. I'm like, uh, yeah, that sounds fucking awesome, right? Well, Give me more of that. Also, you've had, new, you've had nearly two years with that teaser trailer that shows that the tone is exactly like the Souls series. Like, mm-hmm. what are you expecting? This isn't, this is not, they're not going out in a completely different direction. And we've, well, we've hmm. all known that. No. Horse tone, goats. Horse no, goats is I'm pretty talking, different. I'm talking like tone wise, visual art direction stuff. We knew all that from the initial trailer. So yeah. This is not, yeah, like anyone that was expecting it to be some cell shaded platformer, like, what do you want? Yeah, it's, well, it's it looks crazy. exactly what you'd imagine an open world Dark Souls would kind of look like, and I think that's a good thing. It's an amazing thing. Gosh, I'm looking forward to this. And one. It, amazingly, you guys are going to be blown away. Amazingly, I've already got something in my work diary for that week, which is like super annoying. It's this big event that I'm going to run. Damn it! And I'm like, I might just take the day off after, and the day after that, or like the Friday. I think it's coming out Friday Australian time. Um, yeah, so this is going to completely dominate our coverage when the game comes out in late By the way, Jan, in the, in the run sheet, you have the 21st of Jan 2021. Uh, oh, that, yeah. yeah, he always does that. <laughs> like, damn. Mike, you want, you want to work it. on the run sheet with me? Come on. <laughs> well, I did. I tried working on it all yesterday right, right, and then right. he told me off because go I was long. touching it and it was screwing you up. We're going to no, go long. Uh, but yes. I'll, just, I'll just in defense of Swinney, Mike does about... Jack shit, nothing, <laughs> prayer-wise. And yeah, Swinney does true. so much. Swinney does everything. And then he knocks him on a typo. I love it. <laughs> All right, let's, let's move I on kid, to the, let's move oh on God, to the next one. I appreciate what you do, Swinney. All right, over to you, Swinney. Yeah, so for the Summer Games Fest, so obviously Elden Ring was the big news, but they opened the Summer Games Fest show with the official reveal of the Borderlands spin-off, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. And... Before I get into the details about this, because there's actually quite a lot that we know outside of this uh, trailer that they showed, I just want to kind of give you guys a bit of a, I guess, a story on what led up to this that kind of was a bit of a freaky experience for me. So I mentioned I was playing Borderlands 2 this week, and I'd, I'd read zero rumors about this at all. And they were out there, but I hadn't seen them and hadn't searched them out or whatever. So I'm sitting there playing Borderlands 2, and I realize, oh, in order to get the weapon that I need, I'm going to have to replay the entire Tiny Tina's Assault on Dragon Keep. 
So I'm sitting there playing through the whole DLC. This is a DLC I've not played in like <laughs> seven, eight years. I love playing your th- framing of I have to. But oh, yeah, go on. Yeah, just move on. So I'm <laughs> I'm playing through the whole thing. And okay, you know, I'm like halfway through and then okay, it's getting late and Summer Games Fest is going to happen soon. It's like two o'clock in the morning. It's like starting at four or something. So I save, get a bit of sleep. Literally the last thing I'm playing and then they open the show with a direct <laughs> full-blown sequel to the DLC that I just happened to be playing. I was like, what the hell? That was the most unexpected nice. thing for me. It was the most coincidental thing. Um, but it's awesome because uh, Attack on Dragon's Keep is one of the best DLCs I've ever played. It's one of its... You look up top DLCs in games, it's generally always in there. It's Tiny Tina as a character is always being divisive with Borderlands, so mm. you're either going to absolutely hate it and avoid it like the plague or you're going to be like oh that is exactly what i want to play um so basically it's yeah essentially built off that it takes place after the storyline takes place after that dlc i don't know how it plays in relation to the borderlands 3 storyline because i've yet to actually start borderlands 3 i'm waiting for a lot more of the content to come out but it the trailer was basically a riff off. It started with riff off Elden Ring, which was pretty funny, but no one knew. No one thought it was Elden Ring. Um, <laughs> but they will have actually a character creator for the first time in the series history. Um, uh-huh. So all- yeah, because you always fixed. Uh- classes aren't you yeah there's always fixed classes and characters generally there's always four and they might add a couple more as dlc or as you know special edition whatever but this time it's the first character creator which is cool because you know the whole thing about this is that you're playing essentially dungeons and dragons equivalent um with tiny tina as the dm so it's like bunkers and badass (laughs) so you're actually essentially creating a character it's the most rpg like the series has probably ever been which makes sense and action skills based on the classes that you build uh build so it will have a much bigger focus on melee combat um Aside the usual gunplay, obviously Borderlands is all about the guns, but it mm. will have actually made a lot more melee combat in this. And grenades have been replaced with an actual magic system, um, which acts as kind of like mini action skills, which is cool. That's awesome. It will also have the first equipable armor for the first time in the series as well, some amulets and everything. So lot. this is actually, while it is um, obviously going to be based on the Borderlands formula, they're making a lot of changes here, which I think is really, really cool. And, of course, it also features four-player co-op, as you'd expect. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, they've got Ashley Birch back as Tiny Tina, which, you know, we couldn't have anyone else really probably voice her without a lot of backlash, and she was at the show as well. And it still freaks me out just to think of, you know, watching Hey Ash, what you're playing on Destructoid when it first came out, and then to see her career and where it's gone, to be, you know, lined up, you know, against people like Andy Samberg or Will Arnett. Like, it's it, it's awesome. It's great That's to so see cool, someone yeah. start from, you know, from ground up like Humble that. beginnings. Yeah. So I'm super pumped for this because, as I said, I am I love that DLC so much. It really, it's it plays off the tropes of RPG so much so that I'm, I do not envy the writers having the, having the task to essentially, like, that, that DLC is so full of jokes. It's like, how, what else can you do? They, it's just absolutely jam packed, and they're having to create a full experience based on you know, and they're not going to repeat the same jokes. So they might play off them, but yeah, I'm super pumped for this. It's so far my now my favorite announcement of E3. Um, but obviously, we've got the big conferences still to come. Over Elder Ring. Well, that's not an announcement. Uh, oh, okay, an announcement. Yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I have to say, this is why I love the show because for me. 
I'm like, what is this for? You know, uh, and you know, when you had this in the run sheet, I was like, whoa, you got this as like a headliner, but that's, well, I think that's a cool thing. I think that's an yeah. awesome thing. And so you always don't play the Borderlands series. Like that what? series has sold like, over 60 million copies. Oh, and yeah. it's massively dude, popular. Dude, come on. We're all diverse, middle-aged white men. Like, <laughs> no, know? but like Swinney, like, you know, I, I was, I've was i said this, that remember when uh, Epic did their research and Borderlands 3 was ahead of like Final Fantasy VII Remake in terms of people's interests. Hmm. And it's why they ended up paying them like $132 million to secure the rights to make it exclusive. So I understand that's a huge game. I just have Massive. never got into it. It's a really um, cool game. But yeah, no, it's it's awesome, and they're, they're like that. I'm trying to actually pay Swinney a compliment and be nice and go. You know, I think it's a cool thing that you know there's a diverse. But fuck you, Swinney. I hate this game. Well, I'm going to delete this from the run sheet. Also, for anyone uh, wondering, they didn't go into any more detail at all in the Gearbox presentation about this. So they showed the same trailer and a couple of still images mm. of some enemy designs. I was mm-hmm. hoping for more. I watched it live. So um, it was actually, honestly, the Gearbox presentation was actually not bad, but I was hoping for a bit more about this. Mm. But, uh, yeah. Cool. Yeah, like, you know, and without getting too on the side, I think all the presentations have been pretty decent. Like, I think historically there have been some that have just been incredibly flat, but, yeah, they've been pretty decent so far. Yeah. All right, well, let's get into the other highlights of Summer Games first. Uh, do you want to start us off with Salt and Sacrifice, Mikey? Sure. So Salt and Sacrifice is the successor to SK Studios' 2016 hit, the 2D Souls-like Salt and Sanctuary, which I played both on PC and on Switch. Loved it on the Switch, by the way. Highly recommend it. It's, it's the perfect game for the Switch platform, in my opinion. And this time you're on a hunt for mages, even though, of course, it appears you can be a bit of a mage yourself, which is quite fascinating. Uh, Some of the, well, one of the biggest changes I think is uh, it features online and local co-op, which I would love to to play with someone, one of you guys maybe, Swinney, (laughs) hello, anyone? And the release date is early 2022 for PC, PS4 and PS5. I'm assuming it's also PC. I only saw PS4 and PS5 on the no, it's actual PC trailer, as well. it's but PC. it's PC. I've been told it's PC as well. Um, so just, I'm really looking forward to this one. I just want to mention as well for anyone that's just jumping into this specific clip, we just also um, you can check out our um, what we thought about Tiny Tina's Wonderlands and Elden Ring in separate clips as well for yes. Summer Games Fest. So this is every all our other highlights. Yeah, and we're not going to cover yeah. everything that was in Summer Games Fest either. It's just our highlights that we liked. Um, yeah, I've never played Salt and Sanctuary. Um, I think I have it, like, through one of, Ooh. you know, the freebies or whatever. I didn't was buy it. Was it on PlayStation, I think? Because I've got it on PlayStation as well. I don't remember if it was a freebie or not, but I, I never check. played it on PlayStation. It's 2D Dark Souls, really. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's what a, it is. And a it's whole really, it's now, a really it? cool game once you get into it. Um, really loved, loved playing it. It's just I don't know how much time I have to you know, get good at those games. Oh no, I don't actually have it. It wasn't the longest time. It wasn't the longest game. I I don't recall it being particularly long. So Mm. yeah. So the next one that we have is Evil Dead. Yeah, no, I was really pumped. I really into that. Well, I was really pumped for this. And then I kind of thought we're going to go so long. Maybe we're not going to actually cover this. So I'm glad that Swinney, the editor in chief uh, added this in. This looks insane. I'm a huge, I should say, I'm a huge Evil Dead fan of the, the movies and the TV series. And this game, like, you know, when we first, when it first got announced and we covered it, you know, I was really looking forward to it, but I was a bit nervous. Like, is it actually going to be good? But having seen now what looks to be the gameplay, I I think it looks awesome. And it's dated for this year, 
don't think we have a month yet, Swinny. It's just 2021. I couldn't find a month. Yeah, no. I couldn't find it either. Um, and then you also have that sort of asymmetric multiplayer style where you can play as the Kandarian demon. Uh, and also, by the way, the trailer is awesome and the sort of, you know, the 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 coverage in some games first is awesome because you've actually got uh, Bruce Campbell uh, doing some of the voiceover work for it, which was awesome. And just I the love- writing so great as well. Yeah, I love the fact that it seems like when you're playing as the, the demon that you can actually traverse in the classic yeah. Evil Dead style where it's low to the ground and like fisheye lens or whatever it is. I That is so cool to implement as a gameplay feature as one of the biggest homages possible as po- you know to Evil Dead. I love it. it. It doesn't always happen, but it really looks like the people who are making this game love this series. Because sometimes, you know, you, you get a deal, a publishing deal, whatever, you got an IP, make the game. But something about it just looks like for me, you know, as a huge fan, just the style and everything, they've really put in a lot of work to make it like Evil Dead. Um, so, yeah, like I'd be super keen to check this out when with you guys if, if it comes out, but we'll, oh, I might have to bend your arm. You might have to buy me a copy. I'll buy if you a copy this year. <laughs> Well, if it's this year. <laughs> That's the new one, is it? What am I going to do? <laughs> um, I can't buy any more games. <laughs> one, one of the other ones that I definitely wanted to cover as well, and I think you did as well, Swinney, was uh, Death Stranding. So we, you know, Kojima and Jeff Keighley have an amazing relationship. They have a big bromance going on. Uh, you know, check out the interview. It's quite interesting just hearing Kojima talk about coronavirus and making games and he was kind of comparing it to 9-11. It was quite interesting, actually. And he's had a long and storied career, obviously. He's one of the important voices in the game dev uh, world. But this trailer was quite incredible. Like, you know, the music, the sound, the look. And then, you know, it, it very explicitly later when you have uh, Norman Reedus' character, Sam Porter, Bridges, like it reenact the whole cardboard box thing that from a very Metal Gear <laughs> solid perspective. That's pretty funny. I have a theory on like what I think it all means, but I, I want to hear from you guys first and what you thought of the trailer. So I'll just say that this is only Kojima could get away yeah, with a trailer yeah. like this where <laughs> you've got extended sequences of the character just staring at a cardboard box um, and just like looking at it and picking it up. It's so great. Like, even going back to the initial, you know, launch trailers of Metal Gear Solid 2, he's just got such a style that just resonates with me. It just clicks. Um, in terms of what it means, obviously we know it's a PS5 version. Yeah. Um, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. It's a director's cut. Yeah, so, so it's obviously going to have some new elements to it um, because surely you couldn't call director's cut and just have it be a, a nicer version. Yeah, so um, they, they just they did confirm that. So they, they've said it's an extended and expanded version of the game. Which is interesting to me because mm. some of the common, common criticisms I saw, now obviously, Mike, I know you've played it, I haven't, but some of the common criticisms I saw of Death Stranding was that it's actually probably too long in, mm. in certain parts. No, that's just... The common mm, yeah, I can see how people would say that. Yeah. So I to expand it, on that is interesting, <laughs> but it I don't know. I don't know. I've never. I haven't played Death Stranding. So. Even though both of you own a copy, courtesy of yeah, me, oh, I played Thank a bit of it. Buying you guys a copy last year. Yeah. <laughs> know, what what do we call the the Xmas thing? Are you even going to play it? <laughs> it was called out. Well, we just we, we give, gave each other big, gifts. Big you know, Xmas. We each other. Big, big Xmas. The big Xmas. Big Xmas. Um. No. I. I. It's actually stayed with me. Uh, uh, Death Stranding. It's just literally, I had Very. to play through all the game of some of the year 2011 games, yeah, yeah, yeah. all these other games that are coming out and stuff like that. 
And I literally just kind of ran out of time. Oh, you had to. Oh, did you? <laughs> you, you know what? He's waiting for that, for me to say something like that to pounce. Um, you do deserve it. <laughs> now, can I give my explanation of what I think the 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 sequence yeah. means, the meaning, the artistic meaning behind it? Can I can I do that, Sweeney? <laughs> you need my permission? Well, yeah, because you're bitching me around today. Um, so we, we have... You know, basically like the the stand-in almost in a way uh, for Solid Snake, but you've got Sam Bridges, the character from Death Stranding. Now, he's taking the cardboard box, puts the cardboard box, jumps in the cardboard box, jumps out, right? Obviously, it's huge homage, you could say, to Metal Gear and Solid Snake. But my interpretation of it is the box actually says fragile and it says handle with love, Right. The character's putting it down, he's jumping in, leaving. My interpretation is it's like Kojima saying to the fans, you know, the relationship that I have with this game, is it's fragile, like Metal Gear and the character itself. And by jumping in and jumping out, it's almost like that's had its place. Like I've gone in, I've done that, but I'm leaving now and I'm putting it back on the shelf and it's kind of done. So that's well, my interpretation, that he's done with the series you, and this is his last you, little homage to it. You do know there's a character yeah. and a, a company called Fragile in the game. In the well. game, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying it's not right. Sure, you're not you wrong. Hear that? I'm just saying, clarifying. You do that. <laughs> well, but they could have picked anything, and they've picked that. The other boxes didn't have that, and also there were oranges in in the box, which is uh, another homage, yeah, obviously, to Metal Gear Solid. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I I I played through the game when it came out. Loved it. Thought it was one of the most memorable games I've ever played. I don't know why. Something about the gameplay, even though you're mostly just delivering stuff, mm. works so well. This clearly looked like it was an extension to that because in the game, there's, there's obviously stealth elements. A lot of the time you're dealing with BTs, which is which are the supernatural enemies in the game. But there are elements where you're dealing against other humanoid or human enemies. And I feel like this is looks like it's taking that one extra step where it's merging it with the the old school Metal Gear mechanics of sneaking through more enclosed spaces as opposed to the open world that he had in the previous game. So the only thing I'm struggling with this is I don't know if I can play through the entire game mm. again just to experience that part. So that's a bit of a shame because to be honest, this looks amazing, but I don't know if I'll ever get around to it. Because if it means having to play through the whole game again, as much as I enjoyed it, I don't know if I can go through that again. Yeah, that's all. Yeah. It's always always a disincentive to play games when they come out. Almost is, yeah. <laughs> Wait until you get the superior version mm. and and get that one. So there's a few games like that where I'm kind of glad I waited, like Final Fantasy Integrate, which we'll talk about a little bit uh, in a sec when we talk about the prices and stuff. I'm kind of grateful i waited i only played a little bit of it and i thought in my head hang on a minute ps5 just around the corner yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i just wait and the final one that i you know swinny you gotta explain yourself on this one yeah uh, the sonic unleashed symphony yeah so i we're basically to let you guys into a bit of a you know inside we generally list the stuff that's covered in these presentations and say hey who's interested in what and we put a bit of a, a rating to then figure out what we want to talk about the reason why i put uh like you know 
super interested against this one is because I actually am a huge fan of this game. Oh, really? Uh, Sonic Unleashed. Oh, okay. uh, I love Sonic Unleashed. It's very divisive, but um, the soundtrack is really, really great. And I just want to just call out that it was just really great to, you know, and unexpected to hear some, you know, a symphony playing Sonic Unleashed in a 2021 game uh, presentation. I just wanted to say it was just really, really cool. Oh, okay. Easy. Oh, I thought yeah. there was something more to that. Or, no, you know. no. Okay, no, fair enough. Fair enough, fair enough. All right, let's move on to our next bit of news. And this is coming from the Ubisoft Forward announcement. Unfortunately, leaking a little bit early because I would have been insanely pumped if I was watching this, you know, on VOD or live. But we have a Mario plus Rabbids sequel coming. Uh, It was announced as uh, almost the one last thing in the Ubisoft Forward announcement uh, overnight in the E3 presentation. It's Mario plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope coming in 2022 exclusively to the Nintendo Switch. Uh, and they, they frame it more as a spiritual successor to the game, like spiritual sequel. They want to like take a lot of the gameplay, but then play around with it a little bit and do more. And I have to say, like when just, you know, they showed a cinematic trailer and then also gameplay footage, you know, I've played through and beaten the first game and I loved it. I did find that the gameplay footage, they did say it's alpha footage. Game is coming out in 2022, though. It looked a bit rough to me, honestly. And, like, I have a bit of a weird theory as to maybe why that's the case. Um, But it looks really, really cool. Awesome characters. They're bringing in galaxy characters. So you've got Rabid Rosalina, where they've totally leaned into her, you know, being a total, you know, I don't know how to say it without being too rude, but just very lazy and everything like that very opposite to the actual rosalina character and this idea of sparks which are an abomination of loomers mixed with rabbits which just rabbits are abomination (laughs) well yeah exactly (laughs) but they're just infiltrating the mario universe so again this game it's going to be like a tactic style XCOM grid game uh no it's not no it's not okay go on this looks different so they've actually there's no grid so they've overhauled in combat system this is why they are calling it a spiritual sequel. So rather than it taking place within the levels, when you encounter an enemy, you go to a separate small arena and it plays out more like Divinity Original Sin where it's still turn-based, but there's no grid to Ooh. lock you in. Um, and it's limited to... I'm not sure how many part, how many party members did you have in the first game? Uh, four Two. from memory? So there's go three in four. this one. Okay. So and there's nine playable characters in total. Um, but yeah, no, they've actually changed. They're modifying it a bit. So I guess when they said, "Oh, spiritual sequel," I'm like, that's ridiculous. It's obviously like oh, a I, sequel, I that. but that's why it's because they're changing the mechanics. Oh, nice. And like, Grant, like and Grant Kirkhope has come back for the soundtrack, which is awesome. Yeah, I and love I love the first game. I thought it was really cool. My theory about the gameplay. So I did because you know playing the first game, it looked really good. I actually think this game just from what I've seen, doesn't look as good almost as the first game, which is a bit strange given, you know, you're three to four years later. But I do wonder, and this is crazy speculation, I'll couch that, I do wonder if, you know, there was going to be a Switch Pro announcement, they were going to have, like, really sexy-looking gameplay footage in that bit, you know, running the higher-end hardware, and then because the Switch Pro thing hasn't happened, they've got a close relationship with Nintendo, obviously, they're maybe running it on a setting which is more like the Switch rather than a Switch Pro. Because, like, honestly, to me, the gameplay doesn't look as nice as the first game. It's just my... It's, I don't know if it's also the fact that apparently the levels are more open 
Maybe. Um, and they're not linear paths, so maybe the fidelity has been adjusted to maybe. match. Maybe. But I'm, like, super looking forward to this. I'll be buying this on launch. Love the first game. The expansion was really cool. The Donkey Kong expansion was really cool. And, yeah, like, you guys, I know you're not the biggest fan of it, Mike, but Swinney is this oh, No, of- I didn't mind it. Okay. I thought you didn't like the first one. No, no, I, 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 no, no, I thought it was really cool. I thought the gameplay was really solid. Uh, it didn't run amazingly. I don't know why I expected it to just be a little bit smoother. Mm. Um, I just, I don't know. It didn't captivate me enough to continue with it. But it's a solid game. Really, really enjoyable, solid game. So I think I might actually go, go back into it. Yeah. I got to correct myself announced. quickly. It's three characters. That yeah, I thought it was three. Oh, I remember right you character. start off with, with the rabbit peach. This is hilarious. Yeah, you have a and whole host of one. characters. I can't remember how many, like 10, but you right. can only pick uh, three for battle. I don't know what it was for. I can't remember why. Um, and and Swinney, any interest in this or not at all? Uh, look, no, I'm interested, um, but I've still got the first game sitting on my shelf over here. Oh, do you have the first game? Yet. Yeah, I, I just haven't played it yet. I uh, also just want to clarify as well that this is only single-player game. There's no co-op in this one. Okay. And, you know, like, yeah, I don't, I don't mind that at all, to be honest. Because that's the only way I played the first game, and I was pretty happy with the first game. So, yeah, no, oh, I'm, I'm no, super. No, there's keen. a co-op mode in the first game. No, I know that, but I never. Oh, I, okay. I, thought I thought I would play that, but I never did, and it was. I was kind of like almost surprised. So I tried it with my wife, and I was like, eh, it's like I don't know. It, yeah, I don't know. It just didn't click with me. So I'm kind of not surprised. You know, they get a lot of data on that kind of stuff, and they might have seen that. You know, only five percent of people are playing co-op, so you know, it's a lot of work to implement that kind of stuff. So, yeah, no, really looking forward to that. Hopefully it's earlier 2022. Hopefully it's not like holiday 2022, but, yeah, we'll find out soon enough. All right, well, why don't we jump into uh, the rest of the quick thoughts around Ubisoft forward, Swinney. Yeah, so if anyone uh, has just jumped in this clip, we just talked about Mario and Rabbids. So uh, you can check out the coverage in the, the early segment or just previous segment. But, yeah, just wanted to give some very quick thoughts um, over... In for what I think was actually a pretty good presentation from Ubisoft. Mm. I watched it live and suddenly when they started with Rainbow Six, which I'm not a big Rainbow Six fan, even though I did play the original game and everything, but um, I'm just like, oh, this is going to be long because it's very early in the morning. But they they kept it interesting. So my quick thoughts were, yeah, Rainbow Six Quarantine, they finally, you know, really unveiled that. Looks all right. Honestly, not my thing, but it's, you know, I think it's going to be probably quite popular if it's Siege is anything to go by. Rocksmith Plus uh, looks really, really neat. So I was, I, I, what I played of the very first Rocksmith was really, really good fun. Um, they've essentially dropped the chord input um, for an app, like a Shazam style, where it's actually picking it up, which I think is a really great way to lower the barrier for entry. Obviously, you still need a guitar, so there's always going to be that barrier, but you don't have to shell out for the actual connector. But so. just, just on that, I think, because I, I saw this Rocksmith Plus and like I have a background. I'm terrible at guitar now, but I used to play guitar and and I love guitar. And I looked at this and I think the whole, you know, being able to provide the input without barriers and making it really, really easy is, I actually agree with them. I think it's a bit of a game changer for it. Rocksmith itself was really, really cool, but you know, those friction points can be quite annoying. It's a bit like VR, like the more friction points, the more annoying it is. And I, I kind of wonder if something like this isn't going to replicate a Oculus Quest 2 where you remove barriers, you you remove annoyance in the process and you get a big uptake in what people are doing with it. I think it looks awesome. I actually almost definitely will check it out when it comes out. 
because um, it, it looks does. awesome. It looks really, really cool. So, A Riders Republic, honestly, much better showing for this game than any time before. They showed off a great chunk of gameplay across a lot of modes. It looks sick. And they really dialed back the ridiculous over-the-top um, presentation that's still obviously in the game, but they didn't go full-on ham with it like they did in the initial trailer. And I think that a lot of people are now actually looking at the gameplay and saying, hey, some of that stuff actually looks really, really neat. Looks amazing. So I, I think, am, I'm actually looking forward to this one. So I think they've made up a lot of ground with that. And, I mean, that game was originally meant to have been out by now, so it turned out to be a best decision to delay. It really did. Uh, can, can, so, just, just before we move on, sorry, Sweeney, I know we want to whip through these, but I think that's got to be in the running and currently the greatest turnaround on any game, because I 100% agree. I think the the trailer looked so much better and the focus on the gameplay being more arcadey and fun, but the trailer, the way they presented it, was a bit cleaner. Just It went from being, oh, there's zero chance I'd look at this to, yeah, I, I, I might pick up this if other people are. Yeah, and we had uh, so a couple of other announce- uh, highlights I want to touch on. So Far Cry 6, we didn't really cover the, the, the proper full gameplay reveal um, the previous week, but... They announced some of the coolest DLC I've ever actually seen. Uh, so they essentially for the season pass, they've got DLC where you're playing as the villains from Far Cry 3, 4, and 5. So Vars, Pagan, and Joseph Seed, which is just such a cool That's approach. A really cool idea. Um, yeah. And it's gone all crazy. Um, you know, it's over the top, like hallucinations and stuff, which is a Far Cry staple at this point. Um, and also they announced that um, the season pass will include a version of Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon. Uh, and they did go a bit into more detail with that and sites like IGN and stuff, but it seems like it's just an up an enhanced version of that original Blood, Blood Dragon game. Um, so wait, the last... wait, before we get to the actual final one, are you not going to mention Valhalla? Oh, I'm just touching on some bigger things, stuff here. So, oh, no, it's um, just that you know, because we didn't know about that, there's going to be a year two. Yeah, I mean, we talked about the fact that they uh, previously that they there were some files that they found that were for new areas in the mythological side, which is what they announced in the show. So, mm. Paris, um, But believe. the last one, and probably, you know, I'd say the biggest announcement, although we already knew about this game. So after four years, we've finally seen what Ubisoft Massive's been working on for Avatar. So Avatar Frontiers of Pandora, it was a cinematic trailer, um, but it's very clear that it's, you know, Based off their work in the division, it's you know it's going to be an open world action game. It seems like so you'd have to make that assumption. Um, but it look honestly, I thought this looked cool. I'm not an Avatar mm. hater. I'm not a super fan of Avatar, but um, you know I think they've had a shot at making Avatar games in the past. In and I think it makes sense to tie in with uh, you know the sequels that should be on the horizon very soon. So. Like Can the, I just yeah, go on, so yeah. just before we move on, before we forget, just a small correction so we don't have to correct ourselves next week. I think <laughs> it was Rainbow Six Extraction. Oh, did I quarantine. say quarantine? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, true. Good call. Yeah, good call. Okay. I just correct, remember correct, it. I'm like, yes. oh, so I, I mean, like, to correct next week. I know that you're saying it's like already been sort of announced, but it it is pretty insane. This situation, right? Like, hmm? like with Avatar. Like, I I know that like. It's almost like Avatar itself. It's a film that came out in 2009. You know, it's back to being the number one grossing film of all time because they re-released it in China and it's now uh-huh. bumped past uh, the Avenger films. And I'll just give you a quick quiz. I think Jack's Films always does this this quiz. Um, so it's not me creating it, but I want to ask you guys, do you know the name of the protagonist of Avatar? Uh, 
No. Like, how insane is that? This is the biggest film of all time from a grossing perspective. Jake. Yes. Yeah, okay, you're cheating. Uh, but also, it's a cheating. I thought you looked it up on Google. Wait, wait. No. no, it's Jake. It is Jake. The first name's Jake. I made it up. <laughs> I probably just like vaguely remembered it from when I watched it. That, honestly, I didn't know that. I just put a name out there. I just wanted to sit in the pocket wow. on this one a little bit because it's insane to me. It's like the, James Cameron, who like is, I love him as a writer and a director. He's made so many films I absolutely love. Avatar probably being the least of all of yeah, them. same. I'm but not. it's like I I kind of have just taken it for granted that Avatar 2, 3, 4, 5, 10 are never coming out. But I'm starting to get a sense like they are actually going to come out. Like the fact that they've announced this game, it's kind of mind-boggling to me. Oh, potentially, There's yeah. been a lot of updates around the, the next Avatar movie um, in the, even the last 12 months. So I, I know, but you know that that's been happening for the last 10 years, right? Like they're talking about filming four, four of them back-to-back and they dropped doing that and they filmed there's been some like of it like very four spe- years ago. But there's been like a lot more of it in recent times. So yeah. I think it's very close to probably that being realised. Obviously, there's so much post-production involved yeah. in that. But, uh, yeah, so this, um, they say it's basically it's coming out in 2022 next year. But the interesting part for me is the fact that Ubisoft Massive are now working on both an Avatar game and a Star Wars game. Yeah, I was going to say the uh, same. I think we were going to say in a Smurfs game. How insane. Because I always thought Avatar was modern Smurfs. How insane. Ubisoft Massive are working on, like, the number one film, grossing film of all time, and then maybe number fourth grossing film of all time it's insane yeah like i don't even know ubisoft massive that well i know they do like the division and stuff like that but yeah what like what why why are they working on this i don't know but yeah look there were some highlights i think uh yeah it was a good showing overall yeah, no, I thought it was really good from Ubisoft. Yeah, I think a lot of good I don't stuff. know, these Avatar things blown my mind. You know, they've dated the Avatar 2 for next year, the end of the year. Okay. So maybe it's going to come out around the Bring same time. Back the Smurfs. Yeah, Space it's pretty Smurfs. insane. All right, let's uh let's keep moving. Let's move on to the next one. <laughs> We've got uh, Xbox and XCloud news. Uh so I kind of think it's weird to for them to be like dropping some of this news. But essentially, like, there's quite some big news that they did drop, some affecting us in Australia. But uh, this was part of, like, a little pre-E3 interview that Satya Nadella and uh, Phil Spencer, so the CEO of Microsoft and the head of Xbox Studios or Xbox itself, that, um, and, you know, we've disclosed, they've disclosed this previously, but, you know, they're just really confirming that they want to have xCloud on everything uh, and get Game Pass on everything. So they're already in discussions with how do you just embed it into TVs? So how can, you know, the latest Samsung TV, uh, you know, have, you know, xCloud essentially inbuilt into it. And the latest the, Sony TV. <laughs> maybe not, but uh, <laughs> the only thing extra you'd need is a controller at that space. And a lot of people will have controllers that will work via Bluetooth, even DualShocks and stuff like that. So, Swinny, I think, uh, you know, you took a long time to purchase that TV that you did. Uh, you'd probably be throwing in the bin in about a year's time. <laughs> um, the other one is that affects us in Australia is we've had official confirmation that later this year, xCloud will launch in full properly in Australia and other territories, Brazil, Japan, and Mexico, amongst others. Uh, I think that's really, really cool because, you know, they're also talking about how to get it into PC itself and onto iOS. Um, and then finally, you know, with all the studios that they have, they want to target having one first-party Xbox game a quarter, which is... Uh, It'd be kind of crazy, but it makes sense when you have 23, 23 oh, studios. Yeah. 
that you can actually have that kind of output. So Swinney as the greatest Xbox shill in the world, you must be pretty happy. None of this news makes me incredibly happy. It's pretty <laughs> st- part of the core stuff for me. Well, after spending so much money on a, a TV, hater. of course it's not going to make you well, happy. Like we knew, we knew a lot of this stuff was coming, and the yeah. whole like one release, one first party game per quarter. To me, that's like okay, yeah, that makes sense. You know, like they're not they're not traveling on that path at the moment, so it is certainly an improvement. <laughs> yeah. But it's almost like yeah, with the amount of studios you have, like I'd be expecting two per quarter at this point. You know, yeah, I, I hope they don't do what Ubisoft did last year, where they dropped like four games within the space of a quarter. And then they just get buried, like Phoenix Immortal Rising, if I said that name right. Uh, Immortals Phoenix Rising, close. close. <laughs> what, what was it? Phoenix Rising? Immortals Phoenix Rising. What did I say? You said Phoenix, Phoenix Immortals Rising. Rising, I think. I thought I said Immortals, Immortals Phoenix Rising, didn't I? <laughs> we'll hear on the playback. I'm, I'm actually putting a little Rising edit Phoenix note in my thing. It's like, stop the show, we're going to no, check I, this check I put a little now. edit note so then I, I can look at the time code and then see if I was right. Then I'll gloat over you guys. All right. Well, because oh, you don't like to do that. Ever. <laughs> never, never. All right. Let's get on to uh, the next and final update: uh, the playdate. So we already had some information about the playdate last week, so we covered a bit. But they had the playdate update presentation this week, and we were kind of thinking, um, we might not cover it just because there might not be anything significant. But I think you know we really felt it warranted to bring it up again, just because, man, this presentation for me, ten out of ten. This is like how you do really a presentation. Cool. Amazing yeah. presentation. And I think, you know, maybe I'm going to be an example of this, but last week I was like, ah, oh, it's pretty expensive. I'm a bit on the fence. I don't know about it. What's the presentation? I'm like, oh, I don't know. I'll probably get it. <laughs> like it makes two of us. Yeah. It was clearly a good presentation. I was absolutely on the fence. Oh, man, not too much, whatever. Now I'm like, whoa, I need to pre-order one of these babies. Yeah. And, you know, they were really, really good cool. about how they covered the pre-orders because we didn't have that information last week, but essentially pre-orders aren't going to happen this month. It's going to be next month. You can sign up. They're going to give you enough warning and then they're going to do it Tesla style. So when I say that, the way that Tesla does their pre-orders, they open it and then you basically get an order number when if you order straight away <clears throat> and then you just become part of the queue. So, you know, it's crazy because there's a lot of open information about this because people have shared. But essentially, if you order like one day later, that could mean you're getting it in a year versus like getting it in three months for like something like a Tesla. And you you got to get the same type of thing with this. Like it sounds like they have units, but they don't have, you know, millions of units of it. So if you order straight away, you might be lucky enough to get it shipped out to you quite quickly but it also might take a bit of time. So you really actually have to see how that goes. Um, so as I said, they're going to limit the stock, but then it's not going to be like stopped. It's They're going to build more with time and you will get it eventually. And they're pretty open that you just have to be patient with them. Um, some of the new announcements though, that were really cool. Ooh. Yep. So we have the play day. It still looks exactly the same made by teenage engineering in terms of the design and everything like that. It's an amazing group of um, engineers that they have over there. I think it's Sweden from memory. Um, but yeah, they, they announced the stereo dock. So it's like a dock for your play date, but it does so much more than that. It has a stereo speaker. It has like a music track that you can put in so it can charge your play date. And the absolute most important thing of all, because you've got to have it on your desk, of course, is that it's got a pen holder. 
Yeah. And I've got a I've got a yellow Lamy fountain pen well, that looks almost exactly like the pen that they're giving you with it. <laughs> That's the thing I love. They go, like, it's got a pen and holder, two so holes. we have to build a pen for this then. <laughs> of course. I the delivery and how they approached this was just absolutely awesome. It was really cool. They're just like, this is ridiculous, but we're we're going all in on this. I love it so much. And like but it's, the design and everything like that. It looks like, you know, the old Mac. It Wait. looks totally like it with the yeah. little interface. It looks so, so cool. cute. It's so cool. Uh, I, I think it. I don't think. I don't think it's gimmicky at all. It actually makes sense. It's a really cool way to charge your device. It's a cool way to use it as an alarm clock. It. I actually think it's a really well, practical we, little device. Alarm clock. Do we actually know it's an alarm clock? Because <laughs> I. That is very very important to me. As you There's know, there's a clock. There's a clock, as we can see, but we don't know if it's an alarm. But that clock, does not yes, mean it's, it's an alarm very clock. very important to you. <laughs> I. I am double checking because. There is more information on their website and in the lead up to the show, because we all watched the presentation in the lead up to the show, I just double checked everything. And I found that they also have got a cover that they didn't talk about at all in the Prezo, okay. but it's like a really cool magnetic cover for the Playdate. Does it come so, with it? No, or that's it's extra. So that's okay. 29 US extra. The stereo dock, they haven't priced it. And they also, it doesn't seem like... It, I don't think you can order it when the pre-orders go live. It doesn't look like that's going to be the way it works. Yeah, it's coming up later from what I saw. Yeah, mm-hmm. which kind of like is throwing me off a little bit just because, you know, I'd, you know, with the shipping to Australia, we have to see how that plays out, but it could cost a lot to ship this to Australia. So for me, mm-hmm. I might just go, might need to hold off and maybe that means I won't get it for like a year, but I don't know. I'd, I'd hate to like spend so much money on shipping a dock later and then also shipping the plate earlier. What, you mean hold off till the second day of the pre-order so you can get it a year later? <laughs> no, no, I'm saying, yeah. No, I'm saying until the stereo docks are available yeah, as yeah. well. Um, yeah, no, this looks really, really cool. We, we should just run through the specs like super quickly. The one that mm-hmm. kind of worries me a little bit is the, the screen is a reflective black and white screen. There is zero backlight to the screen. Um, it has a huge amount of power of like, you know, eight hours active, but it actually has a standby clock of 14 days. I can't say anything about an alarm, Swinney. Never, never Uh-oh. assume an alarm. Never assume. Well, an alarm. by I, the way, in case I you guys are wondering, is... we, we had this, uh, quite a few episodes ago, we we're talking about the game and watch that came out recently and it's a game and watch and no alarm in case you guys are wondering. So <laughs> I think the alarm thing must have something to do with battery on these devices. Must Maybe. like destroy them somehow. I, I look, Swinney, I don't actually think it has an alarm. Like when I keep like looking, there's, there's a reference I to clock, not, but not alarm. That's what I said. I did not assume. I've been burnt before. <laughs> yeah, because people are lazily saying an 80s style alarm clock, but nothing in their material at all says alarm. Mm. Um, yeah. And, you know, some of the other things we've already seen, like the crank and everything like that. But the next one that I wanted to talk about briefly is, you know, it's got a 180 megahertz, uh, processor, which is like fine for what it's trying to do. But the awesome thing is that it supports Lua and C programming language, really, really both cool programming languages. And then with that as well, kind of a bit similar to what analog, uh, doing with the analog pocket and Game Boy Studio they have an online video game creator called Pulp uh, where you can so create good. your own games. So, good. Yep. so, I mean, this whole ecosystem is really awesome. We already knew about, you know, that you're getting two games per week. I don't think they, we had the specificity was going to be two games every week for 12 weeks in season one. Season one, to me, implying that there'll be a season two. And then, awesome. Swinney, did you want to cover some of the special sort of game developers that are 
sort of developing things for this and where they're at with that as well? Yeah, so if anyone hasn't, uh, they kind of they showed off mainly the titles and I guess some of the graphics of a lot of them, mm. um, but they only focus on a couple, some that we've already known about for quite a while, like uh, Keita Takahashi's, um, like, I can't remember the name of it, but the one where you rewind time with the crank. Yeah, that's um, the main one that they keep yeah, showing, yeah. Uh, Bennett Foddy from, you know, Quop and getting over it. It's just wild to me that Quop is still in the, like, gaming stratosphere. Like, that is a game that's just, I remember playing as a fun little, like, you know, Flash game or whatever years ago. I was probably playing at your place one time, I remember. But um, And the probably the they spent a, quite a bit of time uh, with Lucas Pope, mm. who was actually featured um, who's the creator of Papers, Please and Return of the Obra Dinn. Oh, uh, Return of the Obra Dinn being play. a game that is like almost like visually exactly. Yeah, exactly. Along, along the lines of the play date. Maybe it, so, performance. But he showed off a bit of work in progress of a game called Mars After Midnight, which looks really, really cool. <laughs> like really a great cool. tone to it. Uh, we don't know much more than the visuals that he showed I off. I don't think he knows much more either, no. he said. <laughs> well, <laughs> that, that's, we'll, uh, that's, we'll see where this goes. <laughs> and it's coming up in the B-roll, but that, that's what I loved about it, that... He's just yes, great timing, Swinney. Um, <laughs> he he just like was so honest about it, and the fact yeah. that they kept it in like that, they're just like, oh, I'm playing around with it. It's really cool. I don't know what this is going to be. It's kind of fun because it's well, not to whole- be clear, it's not a season one game. So no. yeah, but I mean, look, the whole the whole thing seemed really honest to me. Even the way they said, mm. "Hey guys, you can pre-order, but here's the deal, and we may not be able to get to it, and there may be a sh- shortage yeah. and all that stuff." I like that honest conversation, and I think maybe that's why you and I got sold on this thing. Now it's that well, honesty that came out, and, and you know, you can see it in the clip. Um, but just for audio listeners, which we have a lot, right? It's. I love that you used the crank. You've got like basically a little peephole or like a sorry mail slot of your house or something or you know your door, and you can actually use the crank to open up the little mail slot, and then you like look through and you can see like the little character on the other side. It's very cool. Like I, I don't know this crank because it's a unique feature. You don't have it in other games. I'm like. It does really open up some weird possibilities of games that will work so well for this that just wouldn't work in the same way on anything mm. else. Uh, like, I, I think, you know, ugh, I don't know, my wife's going to kill me if I order this. But, you know, I feel like, same. you know, I'm very likely to order this. Mike is, hey, where, where are you sitting on it, Swinney? Oh, I want the hell out of this. Oh, thing. really? Oh, so we're gosh. all, we're Play-Doh boys. <laughs> this is the Play-Doh podcast. <laughs> Welcome to the Playdate podcast. Well, I mean, Penny. Um, Sunday, the 13th of June. I Very- don't know if I want it so much so that I'll like get it day one or whatever, but oh, I'd, okay. I'd like to eventually get one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is such, like, I do wish the price point was a bit more, you know, competitive or whatever you want to call it. I get that they won't sell millions of this, so they just can't. Mm. Well, maybe they will if we're, they already have three suckers that weren't going to get it last <laughs> week and this week just because of an ad. But I just think this <laughs> would will. be something that if you saw an EB Games and it was like, 149 oh, like, yeah. obviously ideally Purchase. 99 and i think Probably, the technology yeah. and everything about it mm. they could sell it for 99 if they were selling millions of it. it it's just something that people would look at and go wow this looks really neat like this looks really cool like if this, this thing came is. to australia what do you reckon it would be 299 i'd I said it last week yeah. but it's not going to be 249 it's going to be like a 299 price point it, no yeah doubt. it's not going to be 300 yeah like yeah. for sure right because it's like it's like 179 us yeah, but with the conversion, it's like, what, like 249 if you were to actually convert it to Australian, plus the tax included probably a 249 yeah, but so there's no way we're going to get it for that. It's 255 like, with GST in Australian okay. dollars so, yeah. without shipping it, <laughs> without anything extra. So and it's going to be, like, 300 man. 
easy. No, just it's in a, the lot. Just it's in a the, lot, isn't it? Just in the uh, B roll, they showed off like actually, yeah. they showed off some of the other like developer games, and they had that Mario Paint looking one, which is yeah, awesome. it looks freaking oh, phenomenal, like man. Mario like, Paint music maker, I should say. Yeah, and one, it's so. one of those ones where you like, unlike you know the Atari VCS, all this other kind of stuff. There's no other way, really. I think you can experience some of these games if they've been built around the crank, which. Smartly, in my opinion, all the devs seem to be going, how can we use the crank? <laughs> like, what can we use the crank for? Well, I mean, you, um, could, you could replicate it with a thumbstick. You just rotate it. Yeah, but it's, it. not, it's just not the same. I know it's not the same. Not the but same. You, could even, you could even get an attachment for your controller that's like a little crank, but it's not on the side. <laughs> yeah, you just move it that way. Seamless, seamless. You, you can kind of replicate yeah, right. it somewhat on other consoles. <laughs> no, it looks really cool. Different. It looks it's different. Cool. It looks super cool. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. All right, uh, let's get into my favorite segment, the bargain bin for the week commencing the 13th of June, 2021. As always, we start with the Epic Game Store because they give us lots of free stuff and it's cool. Uh, So this week, amazingly, Control is for free until the 18th of June. Uh, They've already announced the next set of games, which are also very good, but we'll cover it next week just in case they change, which they sometimes do. And Swinney, yes, the Epic Mega Sale is finishing on the 17th. So you have your free $15 voucher to claim. You use it against the game. You get another one. So you can grab some games for cheap until the 17th of June. On the Nintendo Switch, the digital highlights include Moving Out, which is $18.75 until the 17th of June. Blossom Tales, The Sleeping King is 5 bucks. That's a pretty good deal, right, Swinney, until the 24th of June. Yeah, I've heard good stuff about that game. <laughs> and uh, Van Brace Cold Soul is $11.25 until the 4th of July. On the PlayStation, the big one that I'd call out for Australia is that Final Fantasy VII Remake is $19 brand new from EB Games at the moment. I think that's just an awesome deal to jump on that. If you buy it, obviously, then you can go down the path of upgrading it for free on the PS5. So essentially, it's the PS5 version without the DLC. For $19, DLC in Australia, I think, is around $30, $35. So it definitely works out cheaper than buying the PS5 version, uh, Integrate, of uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake. And Which if you what, like 119 or something? Yeah, it's like 100, yeah, 109 is, I think, the cheapest I've seen it. Damn. Son. And, you know, weirdly enough, Square does put the DLC on discount every now and then. Some companies never put their DLC on discount. They the, do the DLC for uh, for Human Revolution and all those games is always on discount. Oh, okay. Fantasy Fifteen's DLC is always on discount. So yeah, yeah, but I'm just saying, like some publishers, they just never put it on discount. There's an interesting like market dynamic of why you wouldn't do that. Um, so you know, if you're patient like me, you could pick up Final Fantasy VII Remake and then just wait until the DLC goes on discount. So you probably end up picking it up all up for like about 30 Australian dollars. So I think that's mm-hmm. pretty damn good deal for a good game. Digital highlights, Broken Sword 5, The Serpent's Curse, which is with PS Plus, uh, $6. Fury is $7.50. And Super Meat Boy with PS Plus is $2.40. Swinney, can you cover Xbox? Yeah, so Xbox, we don't normally cover the sales because they end the day after our podcast goes live. But this week they've got an E3 uh, sale called Deals Unlocked. Uh, where uh, these deals are running till the 17th of June. So just a couple of highlights. I don't normally do this, but I finally got some Assassin's Creed in the bargain bin. So uh, Assassin's Creed games, no less. Assassin's Creed games are 
always on sale, but uh, I think these are actually pretty good. So we've got Assassin's Creed Chronicles, the trilogy of the three games, is 70% off at $10.50. That's actually really, really good value. Uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey Ultimate Edition, which includes all the DLC, which mm. are massive DLCs. Uh, so the whole package is 75% off at $50.30. We also have the Blizzard Arcade Collection, which is a recent release that um, I'm keen to to try out. is twenty five percent off at twenty two dollars and forty five cents. Nice, nice. It feels very expensive. The Odyssey price, like the compared DLC, to other game of the years. Yeah, but the DLC, the season passes themselves are like expensive even by themselves. Mm. So, oh, fair yeah. the big the big DLCs don't. They're they huge individual. DLCs. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Fair enough. That's what she said. All right, well, we're, we're really whipping through the news. Uh, let's jump into our first special feature, which is, I guess, my impressions. Mike, you haven't bought this game? Not no? allowed. <laughs> my impressions of Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart. So a true, true next-gen game uh, coming hot off the heels of Returnal. I have to say, PlayStation's dominating a bit, uh, Swinney. Sorry that you have a Xbox Series X. You're the one, you're fighting a one-side war here. <laughs> I don't actually care. This is the funny thing. I, I've normally owned Xbox, so like I'd more than happily buy another Xbox. Um, yeah, so Ratchet & Clank. So just the context, I haven't played a lot of Ratchet & Clank. I played a little bit of the 2016 game, thought it was pretty cool. I didn't really know if I wanted to pick this up or not, but I kind of on a whim went, ah, I think Mike's not going to buy it. So look what you've done to me, Mike. Um, so I did grab it. <laughs> Quick thing though, like it's quite funny at EB Games, they automatically price match. They know me and automatically price match for me before. Like they, like they ring up wow. the price match Never price had that before. Because <laughs> really? I, I make such a big deal about it. I'm way higher level than you, <laughs> not to brag or anything. And. I was even on the news for EB Games and they never did that to me. Wow. That's, anyway, kind, of, that's kind of alarming too, I'm just going to say. <laughs> uh, anyway, so what are, what are my thoughts on this game? So first off, man, this game is like visually just an insane treat. Like this is, I, I have to say it, you know, games that are developed for PS5 are going to be different to games that are developed for PS4 and PS5. And this is such a proof point of that. This game takes insane advantage of the SSD that the PlayStation 4 has. And I actually think, like, you know, I hear a lot of people say, oh, next gen, you already get that with PC. But I don't think that's true. I don't think anyone who builds PC games is assuming you have an insane quick SSD such that we'll just blast you through different environments that cause you to have to load heaps of data so quickly and take full advantage of that. I don't think any PC game is built like that because you can't assume someone is running like an SSD that can run the kind of bandwidth that the PS5 is running. So first off, just like the game visually looks insane. And honestly, like, you know, you know, as a, as a, as a baby for me, it's like the game is almost like too much at times. Like I started playing it and I didn't stop playing it for like three hours or something like that. And I was just like, oh my God, I'm like overloaded. Like the game almost has no breaks. Like you start playing and it's just like bang, bang, bang. Like cinematic sequence blurs straight into gameplay. Just stuff is pumping all the time. The rift mechanic while being in my view, a little bit gimmicky is super cool. The way it works and the way it looks like when you're actually playing it and ripping through into other worlds or just into like the small rifts in the level 
it's just something that you play and see and you're like, I've never seen anything like this in a game. Like yeah. it genuinely is like a next gen type of thing. Like it, it's probably the only game on the PS5 where I'm just like, you just, it's impossible to port this back to the PS4. I'm sure Sony was asking Insomniac, <laughs> how can we get this on the PS4? But um, yeah, you just, you just absolutely cannot. Uh, and yeah, like just, you know, it's got all the classic Ratchet and Clank stuff of like a huge amount of weaponry, the ability to upgrade, you know, skill trees, all this other kind of stuff, which is really, really cool. But one thing I think they've done really, really well with this game is for me as a new player, I can see that they're, what they're trying to do is create a dynamic where if you're new to the series, you don't feel like, oh my God, I've missed like five games and I have no clue about what these characters are because the the rift mechanic and the idea of sort of ultimate dim- alternate dimensions causes a situation where say Ratchet will go into another dimension meet characters that he's familiar with in his dimension. So as is like, you know, people who are longstanding fans of the series, they see that character and they go, oh, it's that blah, blah character. Oh, I know that character really well. But it's actually a different style because it's an alternate dimension, right? So it creates a dynamic where, oh, you're sort of learning that character as well. But if you already know the character, you know other information, but they sort of introduce it almost fresh for every single character because they're sort of just meeting each other for the first time in in a way. Like very kind of like, I don't know if it's almost like that just emerged from the idea that they must have had around having a rift mechanic and going through dimensions. And then it's almost like a positive side effect of doing that. They're like, oh, great. From a narrative point of view, this helps us a lot with new new players like me in the Ratchet & Clank universe. Um, as I said, I'm like about three hours into the game. I think looking at the trophies and all that kind of stuff, probably about 20% through the story. Um, it's actually a really cool game. Like it's it's a game that, and I rarely would do this. I'd be like, oh, you know what? I might try to even platinum this game. Like I'm just really enjoying it. It's super colorful, super bright. And I have to say after, you know, beating Dark Souls, playing all these games that are really hard, there is something, and I could imagine if I played Returnal, there is something just nice about playing a game that you're not dying that often. And I think when you die, you lose like one bolt and you have like 5,000 because you just collect them so easily. Like it's basically no penalty, which honestly I think it's fine. And there's stacks of like accessibility features. So you can make the game way harder, way easier, turn things off and on. Like, yeah, Insomniac are just absolutely dominating from a PlayStation studio perspective. They're really carrying the first year of the PlayStation 5 with Miles Morales and now uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. So, no, really love this game. It's, it's really cool so far, hoping to beat it soon. Hoping and then to borrow it off you when you finish. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, like I'll, I'd probably do a review, and probably not next week just because, you know, all the E3 stuff, we'll see how we go, but maybe the week after I'll do a review of the game. Mm-hmm. I Everything I've heard um, this week about people talking about this game it sounds like they've just absolutely nailed it. Mm. And it, you know, it seems like almost like a front runner for game of the year at this point. Um, I think it's almost a lock for the top six. Because mm. I'm just thinking about like the pipeline of games this year as well. I think it just fills a spot that I would normally put like a Mario Odyssey or something along those lines. Can you save it for 2031 when we're doing Goso of 2021? <laughs> <laughs> Just talk about it then, please. 
Yeah, I, I think this game, I think Returnal is a real good chance of being in the top six, just from everything I'm hearing from people. And it's almost a slow burn for a lot of people as well. For me, you know, I, we don't really do scores and stuff like that. To me, it's like, it feels like a solid, like nine out of 10 so far. There's just something about it that it doesn't have, it has so much polish. I cannot explain how much polish this game has. But having said that, there's maybe something about it that's just, it just doesn't quite hit those heights for me of being like yeah. something like a 10 out of 10 game. But like, you know, I'm very clear, like, this is an amazing game, right? Like, and it's an awesome game. It feels like a must have if you've got a PS5. It's just, yeah, it just well, shows I, off the tech, man. And I, honestly, right. I'm not like being, you know, facetious about this. Like, I genuinely think look, people haven't made a game like this on the PC because of the SSD. It is, it's all like, it's actually quite almost exhausting the way the tech works of pulling through other dimensions and stuff like that. Cause there's just no load screens and I'm just not used to it. I'm not used to just being able to go, okay, we're, we're into another world. Oh, now we're in a, like a dinosaur type planet. Mm-hmm. Oh, now we're in like a space and sci-fi type setting. It's like, like I was almost like overloaded with the colors and the dynamic nature of the game. And it uses great like features around uh, the dual sense, like, the vibration and everything, because it's all been built from from scratch with that. The mm. one thing I will say is that it's starting to kind of annoy me a little bit, and I've never been a fan of this because I'm maybe just not that good of a gamer, but when games do the whole thing of like, you know, you pull the trigger a little bit and it's one function, you pull it all the way through, it's a different function. This game uses that a lot. Yeah, Returnal did that too. Yeah, I've heard that. That um, takes a little bit to get used to. Yeah. Because instinctively like, you're just like... Arr! Correct. Mm. And then also if you're in a, like a, oh, shit moment, you're like, just bang, pull it. like, yeah. And maybe that's not what I wanted to do. It's not a huge penalty. It's just, yeah, like I'm not the biggest fan of how that works. Mean, yeah. yeah. So, so it sounds like the game has a lot of Polish, not a lot of Romanian, not a lot of Hungarian. <laughs> Okay, you say that, which is really weird that you said that. I went into the options because I needed to turn the subtitles on, right? Mm. And the first option, I don't know if it's like a bug or my copy or what. Mm. The first option is like turn on Croatian subtitles. I was like, what? Interesting. (laughs) Why is this the first option? The only thing I can think of is it's the first language on the list. Because I'm assuming Albanian is probably not as popular. (laughs) But it doesn't work like that. It's not like the next one is Polish. It's only Croatian. And then the next line is turn on subtitles. It was something like turn on Croatian text. And I was like, huh? Like, what? Like, is this some weird PS5 thing? Yeah, yeah. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. And I may may not be able to get out of it. Um, Yeah, no, it's a really cool game, Mike. I know that you're doing your whole, uh, you know, not buying any games, but it is a shame because I think you'd enjoy this game. Can I borrow it legit? I mean, Sydney, you're in Melbourne. How's that going to work? I'll pay for postage. <laughs> I'm not, send no, it that, down. That I'm not buying the game. I'm just paying postage for something. That, that First is, of what? all, that is not a resolution. We're not holding you to you not buying games. That's just... It's self-imposed your, resolution. Yes, your self-imposed resolution. Yeah. I think you should break it for this. This is a good game. No, I don't know. No, no. Because, look, anyway, we'll talk about it uh, aside, I think... It's a good opportunity to finally focus on my backlog. There's sure, a lot of really sure. good games I've missed out on. Sure. And did, you know, Mike, have, sorry, Mike, did you even have Mass Effect Legendary Edition? Yeah, I have yeah, it. You should be yeah. playing that. I know, I should be. Well, I did. I started playing it. But 
but then you stop. Again, there's just so much stuff to play. That's the problem. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Like, yeah, because I, like, I, I bought so many games on special, I never got around to it. I've got Metro Exodus on <laughs> Xbox, the Aurora edition, and I have it on PC as well, and haven't even touched it. So I'm pretty sure that was free on uh, Epic Games. Maybe that's how I got it. That's why I'm also trying PC, not to yeah. buy games too much if I'm not about to play them because you buy a game and then it ends up being free anyway, like uh, exactly. half a year later. So anyway, anyway we're, yeah. we're digressing. Uh, very, very cool game. Sounds really, really cool. Yeah, it's I'm actually awesome. looking forward to playing this one. It's, yeah, it's a shame. I, I feel like I can't get it, but it looks amazing. And so I, I, I'd highly it. recommend it as a chaser to, if you're playing a lot of tough games like Returnal or Dark Souls or Bloodborne or whatever, like it's just, it's nice to just play a game. It's, it feels like a video game. I know it awesome. sounds dumb to say that but it feels like a big blockbuster popcorn video game. And you sometimes just need those. You don't need these like insane games all the time. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the final feature for the show. Game Builder Garage. So this is the final game that you're allowed to buy for 2021. It's not a game. It's not a game. Okay. Sure, sure. It's a piece of software. It's a development (laughs) toolkit. It is not a game. In case my girlfriend's listening, it is not a game. And actually, all jokes aside, it isn't really a game. Well, uh, yeah, having it, and I don't know how much time you spent with it. I probably spent maybe four hours. hours with it. Okay, uh, you spent quite a bit more. It is completely not a game. No, like, it's not. Mario Maker and Mario Maker 2 and Minecraft, they're all games, but they have elements of being like quite, game yeah. makers. But there are gaming elements. Like if you just want to play, you can do that. This is not that. This nope. is really a game maker. Like, yep. it is not fun if Some you just want to play. Some game builder garage. <laughs> yeah, game builder garage, exactly. So the, one, yeah, so the game starts out, you can't build what you want when you first open it. You have to do the tutorials. So you have to do the first, like, intro and then the first proper tutorial and then the game unlocks at that stage. Are you up to yeah. that stage, Mike? Yeah, yeah, I'm up to that stage. Yeah, yeah. So I did that. I did the very first intro. I didn't do the Alice part of the sec, the one that you have to do as a mandatory. And yeah. then I did free play, free play, free creation for a little bit as well. Yeah, yeah. And man, the tools are just like incredible. Like I'm actually like blown away at how cool the tools are. Yeah. like And the way they've, they've used characters... And each character has a different personality, which is fantastic. Even the way they talk, and it's very consistent. As yeah. in, the, the camera one always says, darling. Uh, it's brilliant the way they've done that. It just makes it so much easier to learn. Yeah, and just the way the mechanics, like we should probably point it out, the way the mechanics work for this game, it's kind of important to know. So you can build your own games. There's like a huge limit on like, you know, how many games you can have. It's, I think, 64 from memory. I couldn't imagine hitting that realistically because, you know, that's it's quite a lot of work to pull something realistic and good together. Mm. Um, the other thing is, you know, there's little elements that you're talking about. So it might be a nodon, which is a constant. So it just spits out a, a generic number that you pick. There's a limit on how many you can have. So it's 512 uh-huh. in any game that you build. And then the connections between those nodons are... There's 1,024, which is important because it kind of means, you know, even if someone wanted to go insane and pull something like crazy together, there are like genuine limitations on what you could do, right? Like it, uh-huh. it's not just a complete free for all, um, but it, it is like insane to see what some people have done with it. 
like even with these limitations. Like, and this is like day one. So I can't imagine what people have done in like day two. But being Nintendo, like they have insane polish in this game. Like it's what you're saying. Like if you leave the screen for a little bit, the little nodons will go like just in the background. Like it's just, (laughs) it is that Nintendo charm that everyone tries to replicate. And like honestly, like they just don't always do it, right? And it, yeah, it's just like man, this game just blows me away. Like very we, cool. How well with it's those, away. With those limitations, um, it's also very possible that at some point Nintendo updates that because yeah. they did with Mario Maker too. That's so, true. Yeah, very yeah. True. They might they the, might want to see what people build and like what it all means. So the only thing I want to know. So you obviously got much further than I did. What I'm curious with the oh here we go. It was actually just on screen right now. So so what are the limitations that you've seen so far with the characters you can design? Because I only played around with you know the existing player, which is very fixed. Which the one that you can see on the screen right now. It's it's just a standard. You can change the color and that's about it. And you can change some of the physics as in. Uh, with the controller, how high they can jump, yeah. the, the the slight momentum they have, those kind of things. But the player itself, the character, the model is fixed. So you played around, I think, with creating your own little drawings and stuff, right? Yeah, I, yeah, I haven't yeah. gotten to that part. So you can do you can do all that kind of stuff to well, to effectively. Could you replicate, for example, could you remake Mario in this, like the first level of Mario by creating think, your own sprites? I think the thing is that people are like. It's day one. And the thing that I kind of love about the game is that people are doing stuff and the engine. And it's almost like people are discovering. And I had this experience, and I will touch on it a little bit later. Like, yeah, you kind of have this experience where it's like, oh, can I do this? Can I do that? How does that work? Like, you know, how do you get what you want out of the game to, like, create stuff? Like, it's really cool. I'll show you, like, a quick example Mm-hmm. Um, of just like, you know, people are, you know, just starting out in this game, but they're pulling together stuff like this. This is like built with Game Maker Garage. Holy moly. Uh, sorry, Game Builder Garage. I always say Game Maker. Quake. Yeah, no, it's Doom Eternal. So I've oh, played Eternal. this as well. <laughs> That's awesome. You can actually like dash in it and jump oh, and dash wow. and then double jump and stuff like that. That's nuts. It's just insane what people are doing. So people are working out, oh, if you attach this... Or attach that. So that's uh, Mr. Tiffles. We should shout out to that person. Um, yeah. Then you can like do certain things. And 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 one thing I wanted to show you guys was that, um, you know, in terms of the community, because you can't actually share mm-hmm. your games directly Yet. within the game. I'm hoping you can later. But yeah. I don't think they want to do that because it's just, you know, the freedom you have. You can draw your own textures. You can put the textures on the models. Uh, so going back to what to, you're saying. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. You can draw kind of anything in this game. Yeah. The kind of amount of curation they need. And given that yeah. what happened with like Smash Brothers, I'm sure they don't want to replicate that. <laughs> Just allow Smash the Bros. dicks. Allow the dicks and everything's fine. <laughs> I would, I would never us, want to do honestly, that. Honestly, once you do it, you let you get it out of your system. Then you move on to developing real things. It's, it happens all the time. My, fa- my favorite thing with Smash Brothers was you're like, okay, that doesn't look too bad. I'll download that. And then suddenly the level will start and the thing will drop and you've got this naked anime lady. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, 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 that's right. Because they did that because otherwise the thumbnail would show it. Yes. So people who are reviewing yes. it, it's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, but um, people are pulling together these games and... Ah, oh, this is a Flappy Bird already. Wow. Yeah, and it actually plays this pretty heaps, well. This <laughs> and, well yeah, so this is, this is uh, GameGarage.Games. Oh, sorry, MyGarage. 
dot games. Yeah. Uh, and this is this an is, awesome this little is a site. Fan that people, project yeah. site, right? It's not a real official site, yeah. is it? And it's awesome, okay. man. Like you've got like a little community on Discord. There's already over a thousand people in the Discord channel just mm-hmm. around the server, just around uh, Game Builder Garage. Mm-hmm. And people kind of sharing tricks like, how do you do this? Or if I want to attach this, like people, because the game doesn't tell you. Like there's all the tutorials, but stuff like you can attach a camera to the character model. And then what that means is as you move the character, the camera moves with it. But the okay. game doesn't tell you how to do that, but it is inbuilt in the game. Mm. And it has like lots of weird things where you have sensors for a character. It will then pull out the angle the character's on. So you can kind of build AI because the character, like the AI character, let's just say, can go, oh, the angle between me and you is this. So I need to correct my course and then keep moving. <clears throat> so it's just if- like there's so much shit in this game that's so cool. You see the screenshot there for Nintendo's garage yeah, yeah. Um, where the dog <laughs> was so going cool. and running, picking up the ball that you were throwing. Yeah. That was actually really impressive for like a day one application oh, yeah, of massively. that stuff. I was like, yeah. wow, you can actually do this stuff. And there yeah. I was just doing a character jumping up and down the screen and I couldn't even figure out how to get background music to work. <laughs> <laughs> so for me... And I've got a computer science degree. Oh, my God. <laughs> so for me, what I did was, because, you know, as a big Rocket League fan, I published my game uh, pocket league a rocket league clone i don't already? have the video of it yeah and you can see here <laughs> that you that can actually awesome. and all of these cars are controllable by you know four controllers and yeah, yeah. if you hit one of the goals then the game resets and yeah you, you can have a counter and all this other kind of stuff so and a because, to reset because you point. were kind enough to put the link in there i've had a good long look at this for this morning and in your description saying that, oh, and to complete a certain resolution, <laughs> if, if this was an official Nintendo site, I think you'd have a lot more weight. Oh. This, is, this is the equivalent of publishing a game by putting a code on Twitter. Hey. This is this is a, this is you have to get it approved. You have to submit it. You have to have a logo. So it's it's like no, a, it's like no. getting it greenlit on Steam. Sort of. No, because that's an official <laughs> channel. What do you reckon, Mike? Is this have I published uh, a game for 2021? Look, I reckon I reckon I reckon he has. Uh, yeah. yes, one of the I resolutions is done. Now it might be fair. To be fair, Sweaty, I'm slightly biased because I intend to do the same thing. Yeah, no, but Mike, <laughs> yours is yours is different because it's not publishing. No, two you, out of three. Two Man, out of three. You were, so, you were so whipped. You know why? why? Because Intergot <laughs> so whipped. Intergot Intergot in that. In, no, you're whipped by Intergot. Intergot <laughs> is always on your ass about your resolutions, and you're here defending this crappy freaking no, shortcut. Crappy. You haven't even played no, it. It's actually no, pretty decent. No, I'm not talking about the game. I'm saying this crappy shortcut. <laughs> it's to not a the shortcut? resolution. I never said I have to publish it to make money or anything. I just said I have to publish it. This is you, a publishing place. Can you do it? This is the same. Okay, this okay, is like hang on, hang on. Make your game in Mario Swinney, Maker. Swinney. Swinney, what <laughs> if? What if he? Makes a 3D version of this that more it is closely. 3D. No, as in not top down. I'm talking about like a proper replicating actual the look of actual Rocket League in 3D. Oh, I could do that no, straight away. I could I'm just flip it. I'm not talking about the game. I haven't played it. Like I'm not talking about that. I'm saying. So it to is a say, game. Would you say? Ah, yes. he did let that slip. No, but I'm saying that <laughs> no. Of course, it's a game. I'm saying okay. to publish it to say at the bottom. MyGarage.Games is a free platform by the community and no way affiliated with Nintendo. You've not published this game. What does okay, that mean? What's got nothing to do with okay, it? Okay, uh, and to God, what if I, what if I 
make a new uh, company called Mike's Publishing. What? And I publish it because I need to also do the same thing. I love it. This hack. I need for it to count so I could say I published you it. Guys, there's even you someone guys, who's do, there's even someone who's reviewed hell, it. It's nice. Hell, no, that's cool. Do whatever the hell you want. Clearly, you're just gonna do it anyway. Look at yes. that. <laughs> I have to say, it was so fun. You still failed. This. You still failed one of your resolutions, anyways. So. Who me? No, he he admitted to failing one of his resolutions. Oh, that's did. because yeah. I pulled no, my I back. Didn't. So I'm not sure what I could do there. But it's still a fail. <laughs> oh, look at this. If you're, you're going to count this as a win, I'm going to count that as a fail. I certainly didn't. In fact, I doubled down on my resolution of not just buying less games, but I, literally no, Mike, buying none at all. Mike, I agree. I've defended <laughs> you. I've defended you. He's attacked you, and here you are defending that's, this that's crap. That's true. This is, this is the menage a trois relationship we have between us. <laughs> Sorry, do not use that word. Um, but it, it, like this, just even making this little game and publishing it, it on this platform, it was like really cool in terms of, you know, I was trying to work out weird things with it. So like the game, you have a car, so that's like you can put that into the game, and you have three things you can do. It's accelerate. You can steer, and there's one other thing that I'm trying to think what the car does. I can't recall what it is. Can you jump? Yes, jump. So the only thing is I was like, oh, accelerate and, like, break. I'm like, how am I going to do that where I want it to be, like, the trigger, you know, just like in Rocket League, and then, mm. like, the like another button to go reverse or break. And what you do in the game is you put those nodons, those, like, uh, button nodons in, and mm. they produce a one, like when you press them. So what I did was I put those nodons in, then there's another nodon, which is a calculator, and I did subtract. So I did, if I'm pressing, like, just say ZR to accelerate, yeah. that's a one. If I'm pressing R, which is like break or reverse, I'm minusing that. So what it means is when I press R, it will produce a negative one number, out of mm-hmm. the calculator, then I fed that straight into the accelerate, decelerate, you know, connecting point on the car node on, and then it would work. It was crazy. I'm just like, there's so many like little things in this game that's just, it gives you that moment of like the light of going, oh, cool, I've worked this out. I've worked this like funny thing out on how to actually so make cool. this work. Wow. Because the game that doesn't tell you that at all. No. That, that's the cool thing about it. No. So the uh, experience slash... Toolkit doesn't tell you that at all. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I must admit, even just pulling this game together and publishing it on this platform, it's like it kind of made the game worth it already because it was just really fun experience. Like, I feel like I won't forget, like, oh, it was, like, really, like, awesome and, and different. Like, you know, it's not something you'd normally do every day. So I, I'm a huge fan of this uh, this game maker, whatever you want to call it. I think it's, like, a bit too advanced for kids, but I can imagine, like, yeah. if you're, like, an eight-year-old, like, and maybe above, like, it would be amazing. Because this is what I'm wondering as well, because my girlfriend, when she saw a preview for it and I said I was excited about getting it, she's, she said, it looks like it's made for kids. And I'm like, I don't know. To be honest, I actually don't know. It's a G. It says G on the cover. I think it's for everyone. I'm with you. I feel it's a bit more, well, quite a bit more advanced than Scratch, and mm. Scratch, I think, is taught to seven and eight-year-olds, maybe even around that age. I, I don't know. She teaches Scratch to to kids, so I feel it's someone around that age would be able to pick it up. 
Yeah, and I would I, actually love to see kids that age do some of this stuff and the mm, stuff that they, they, I, they come up with. Swinny? Yeah, I'm still, like, shocked when I see my, like, you know, seven-year-old nephew and that sitting mm. there doing pretty complicated stuff in Minecraft. Mm. You know, so yeah. I think that there's a good chance that if, if a kid sits down and has spends a bit of time and is, you know, shown shown the basics and everything, that they'd be able to, you know, like... It's because all they like experiment. learning. Yeah, it's they all play learning. With like stuff. Yeah, they'll do something simple, and then you know they might not ever do any of the advanced stuff. But it's just yeah. like okay, oh, and then we add that thing over there that you can collect or you can jump through, and then I'd be yeah, I'd, I wouldn't sell them too short with that stuff. No, neither. I, I reckon it's. I reckon it actually would. I mean, look, it's G obviously for a reason. It's for everyone. And they're not going to put <laughs> minimum age on content. it. That's ratings a bit stupid. Content, exactly. Not. Um, but I actually think yeah. So I the my niece i'll just call keep calling her that uh i will encourage her parents to get to get her a copy of this i think it'll be brilliant because i got her the switch she loved minecraft and i think this is a whole new level of learning and playing around and and doing stuff i think she'll love it the only thing i'd say is and this makes me sad i feel like this game is going to get buried I hope not. I really think it will. Like, I think Nintendo is not even really on socials because I follow them pretty closely, obviously, Mm. with, you know, maybe Switch Pro coming up and everything like that. They're just not really talking about it that much. There's not much marketing behind it. Mm. Even when I went into EB, they were like, oh, what is this game? Like, they didn't really know what it was. And did they, they even have copies of it? They didn't even have copies of it. JB had a ton. I got it from JB and they had a ton of copies. It was really weird. Yeah, so. so it's like the equivalent of uh, GameStop in the States. It's like mm. I pre-ordered it and they were just like, oh, we don't have it. We don't have it in stock yet. Weird. And another store did. So I oh, I don't know. And even like JB, they only had two copies of it, like in my area. And it felt Very like no one else was like, my interested JB in it. My JB had a ton of copies. Yeah. There were a lot on the shelf. And then when I went to the back, I took one of the cases and there was just a stack of brand new copies they're all open though. It's really weird. Some games are shrink wrapped from Nintendo, some aren't. I don't get the yeah, logic. Yeah. Maybe it depends who publishes them. Uh, quick question, Swinny. Are you at all keen on getting this and experimenting and, and sharing some of your creations with us? No. Damn. Sounds cool, but it's not for me. I prefer something like Yamari Maker or something like that. Um, just because I, yeah, I, I like kind of the idea of. A, like consistent mechanic thing with that kind of tool. Um, okay. I've yeah, I've, this stuff has just never really interested me. Even when you go back to like RPG Maker, that's this consistency there, and it's kind of like okay, I like working in this framework as opposed to I like working with almost zero framework. You know, so. well, yes and no. I mean, if you have it in your mind that you're going to make a two D platformer, it's got the framework to make a two D platformer. If you know what I mean. Yeah, but. Yeah, I. But I know what you mean. It's I'm not, not it's, making. It's, yeah, yeah, like I prefer. It's very open ended. I prefer no, tools that are yeah. more focused. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, totally get you. Yeah, it, it is much more open in that way, and I, I just, yeah, just genuinely think it's it's a really cool way to learn the fundamentals of programming. Mm-hmm. Because without like any programming at all, there's no. Yeah, I know because they call it programming, but I'm looking at going. This this isn't really. I it mean, is programming. It's programming, but it's. Well, it is. It's just it's it's a it uses a visual language mm. as opposed to a code based character language, which which is not like the funny thing is with Unreal Engine, 
that actually has visual structures mm, that's a, that's that you just drag and drop using nodes, exact same kind of like ideas, yeah, yeah. just obviously. You just get down underneath as well. Under yeah, and you can look too. at the C++ yeah, code if you, really you want, whereas this yeah. you can't. But I just think, you know, I think probably for me, pulling things together, I was fortunate because, you know, I've got a programming background like you, that you understand the fundamentals of what yeah, of course, you need yeah. to do. Yeah. So it's kind of like, it was very easy for me to go, oh, okay, I need to do this and that. I've even some seen some people go, oh, it's limited because it only has like an end gate and a not gate. But I'm kind of like, no, well, do you, you can just... Do you need No, but you can just use, use an end gate and yeah. a not gate to make anything. So it's yeah. like, like, there's just like a lot of stuff that people, I guess, <laughs> yeah, they don't yeah. know. And it makes it harder. It'd be nice if they just had an or gate. It seems weird that they limited that. Did you, did you try mouse support? Oh, yes, yeah, so I did. Yeah, I'm glad you asked wow. about that. So, because okay. I got into making this game and I'm like, that. oh, look at this. I'll be able to complete my resolution. Sweet. And yeah, I plugged in my Bluetooth mouth, mouse and it actually worked. And it was like, you pretty much huh. do everything. You could spin the wheel, like the scroll wheel, and it'd actually go in and out of the screen. Like, it was actually insane, like when I was doing wow. it. Wow. Does it make it heaps easier to build stuff with? I, look, mouse? I think because this is Bluetooth, it was a bit laggy. So, I never okay. tested it with a fixed mouse. Definitely on my Bluetooth mouse, it was. Slightly laggy, but I I kept using it. So that just shows yep. it, it does feel better. Okay. It actually made me go, because Swinny, with uh, Super Mario Maker 2, you can't use a mouse, right? No, no. Yeah. That would, damn, like it would be so good if they could do that. The thing with that, though, is you'd constantly have to swap back to controller all the time to test anyway. Yeah, yeah. I guess maybe you do in this one as well. But, well, this, well but I actually had it. like a controller in my hand. Like when I was doing stuff, mm. like a controller and a mouse, if you could imagine, mm. and I found that to be really like useful. Like you're just flipping through and everything like that. It's I, I really love this. I'm okay, not I'm saying that I'm going to spend like hundreds of hours doing this kind of stuff, but <laughs> like as a quick prototyping tool, it's actually pretty damn sick. Like to give like a bit of a perspective on like what you want to do and and how you want to do it. So and it feels like you can make it really basic, like I did with Pocket League, but you can then go like another level beyond. Like I was looking at it going, oh, I think I could do these three things and then essentially make it, I can select, do I want to have one player versus AI or do I want to have two players or four players? Like I've already started to think through, okay, this is how you would do that. So it's kind of, it's pretty cool in that way, actually. Like, you know, you can go a lot deeper and make something a lot more robust. And maybe I'll go back and revisit. We'll see how we go. So is there anything else? I'm sure. Was there anything else you wanted to uh, flag? No, um, I'm just looking forward to spending more time with it today after yeah. this. Well, you can play my game, but you yeah. need four players, so oh. <laughs> good luck. Can you, can you edit other... You can't edit other people's games, can you? Yeah, you can. Oh, you can. Yeah, so you need, pretty cool. Maybe you need to figure out how to add some AI to it. Yeah. Well, I was building the AI and then I thought, well, I'm going to spend two hours on this and I, I should probably <laughs> prioritize sleeping, given that we're going to wake up uh, and do the, the streams and everything like that. So, I mean, speaking of which, uh, just to wrap up this episode, uh, you know, check us out. If you have heard this episode, we are going to do a reaction stream to the Microsoft and Bethesda stream, which is going to be uh, the 14th to a 3 a.m. our time. And then also uh, with the Nintendo Direct, which is on the 16th from memory. I'm just double checking that. Yeah, 16th our time, 2 a.m. Uh, we'll be doing a live reaction on Twitch. So yeah, it'll be twitch.tv forward slash bigwigpod. And then we'll upload uh, the reaction onto our YouTube channel. Uh, but with that, bye-bye. Adios. See ya.